got the American League and the National League Championship Series just about wrapped up. We're going to find out who's going to the World Series maybe as early as tonight. NBA has started, and I can't believe I've actually paid attention to it. And as I'm actually saying this, I'm watching a little bit of hockey in the background of my son, but that's just because the baseball game isn't on yet. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie's not with us yet, is he? Nah. Nah, but he's going to be here. He's on Pacific time. He's he's just upset because of what you have done in the NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. I don't know if I'd show my face around here either if I were him. I mean, he's still got a better record than me. Well, and yeah, you showed up. But, but that was the one you're, thing. You're used to mediocrity. Well, I mean, I'm always better than you at this. But the first just, year I was better than you. I I'm think. happy for you. I am. But the thing I'll say is we you took the one thing he has. Exactly. Like this is his dominance that he's he's always there to show. And it's not like we're in week 10 or week 12 and we're creeping around making a comeback. We're going into week seven. And you've got a pretty firm grasp. On first place, how do you feel? Feels good, man. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I I don't know what it's a mixture of. Uh, you know, I think it's probably my confidence is rolling over from the fantasy baseball season. I'm just it's just flowing out of me. This it's, confidence it's emulating from your pores. Yeah, I mean, it's just I feel like it's just transitioning to all aspects of my life right now. Is is this? Um, is this just because you've been on the the roll with the Thursday night games? Like, have you missed one yet? No, I don't think I have. Um, but absolutely, that sets the tone on, on Thursday. That is your momentum foundation. Because I've, I think I've gained three or four games alone on Biggie just on Thursday. Okay. So, uh, I, I know I spent some time doing a little bit of research this week because I was like, I, I can pass Biggie after this week. So You're that close yeah, to Biggie. I, yeah. How I'm many not, games I'm back are you to Biggie? I'm far behind. Uh, you know what? I don't, have a, I don't have it pulled up. I think I'm like four games okay. back. You know, something All like right. that. Uh, maybe maybe five. Uh, either way, I'm looking forward to at least having a above 500 week, hopefully. But uh, and then uh, Turbo Tommy last week, man, he uh, he represented well. I think he he tied with you as far as uh, performance last week. I think there's a game behind me. Uh, either way, it was but it was good. We brought him on to help out with the page. He happened to stop by and brought nice gifts. And we're like, Tommy, put him on the spot. Guess what? You're making your first appearance on the show tonight. Or you're going to do some guest picks with yeah. us. He didn't. He didn't shy away. No, he, he stood toe to toe. Stepped up and uh, finished over 500 his first time. It so. is, and, and so, then, so much so that he enjoyed himself. He's already texted you his picks yes, and says, has. "Write him down." Yeah, he, he wants to keep score now. Which yeah. I guess when you start at week six, you can yeah. start doing that. Yeah. But uh, you know what, Tommy? Everyone has, you know. The luck with them in one week. You know, we'll see how it transitions. We'll see how you do. Uh, but uh, we were glad to have him. And, and uh, you know, we got a barn burner of a game tonight that, uh, you know what? I, I'm kind of glad baseball's on because you know what the Thursday night game is? Or are you so wrapped up in baseball you're not even aware? I haven't even looked. Well, no, no, I don't even know who it is. It's honestly. the Broncos or the Browns. No, I did not know that. And have you seen the Browns injury report? Yes, I saw that at uh, the restaurant we was having dinner at this evening. So they they basically have nobody. And, and is it COVID? No, there's everybody's hurt. Like Baker Mayfield's hurt. He's uh, not playing. No, he's not playing. Oh, wow. Chubb's not playing. How big's the spread? Hunt's not playing. Denver the favorite? I don't know what the spread is yet. I haven't looked it up. All right. We'll but, get to uh, that later. I guess but here, here's the thing. Uh the weather, they had the tarps out, man. It was it was pouring down. So Looks like a typical Cleveland Thursday night right there now. There you go. So I, I, I'm uh, not looking forward to that game. I'm glad we're going to get to watch baseball. Let's go ahead and, and go to the American League and the National League Championship Series here. We'll start with the AL and the Astros, everyone's favorite baseball team. They went on the road and they did what they need to do. And for all the people who want to talk about they might still be cheating or we don't know what's happening it's a lot harder to do that on the road, and uh, they're going back to H-Town one game away from going to the World Series. So is it is this done? I mean, they're up 3-2. Um, I think it's over. I love Houston starting pitching way better than I like Boston's. Boston, don't get me wrong, it's a feel-good story, similar to the Giants. They're way ahead uh, they of schedule. way right? overachieved this year, and the future's bright in Boston. Um, but Chris Sale, he showed it twice this series already. He's quite not – 
back yet to the pitcher he was. He may never get back, but right. they don't have their lineup's great. They don't have the the arms to compete. And the problem is, that Houston's lineup is just as deep, if not deeper, than yeah, Boston. Yeah, probably deeper. Um, so I mean, you can say what you want about Altuve and Correa, and you know, Alvarez wasn't there when that started and went down, but. Those dudes, man, they handle pressure, and, and and they're not scared of the spotlight, and they've been there. They're battle-tested. No, no it, it just looks like they've picked up where they've left off before all the controversy kind of stirred up. And you talk about lineups, man. My God, they it, are amazing. Everybody's hitting except for uh, old catcher Maldonado, which we touched <laughs> yeah. on earlier. But um, I compare this Astros situation um, to Barry Bonds, and I'll tell you why. Because Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer without steroids. He didn't need it, but he did it. Right. The Astros are a great team without the trash can. They didn't You're need right. it, but they did it. You're right. Same situation. I mean, it's it's baseball. Everyone's always trying to Get that grab edge. That, that, adva- that advantage, that edge, as you put it. And we're not condoning that. That's no. not what we're saying. But we're saying that, damn it, they're pretty good anyway. Right. It's almost it makes you more frustrated they did it. Right. Because you see what they're capable of. Because honestly, like, if not for that, some of those personalities and those guys, like, they're they're likable guys. I mean, before that, uh, Altuve was uh, thought of as one of the faces of baseball. Yeah. I because mean, being the baseball promotes itself, you can be all shapes and sizes. He's 5'7". Yeah, I mean, we saw the all-star. pictures of him next to Judge. Right. Like, on the Second base baseman, pass. he can hit 30 bombs. Five seven, you know. I mean, yeah. so it shows you that if you try hard enough and master your craft, you can make it to the big leagues, no he, matter how big or small. He's got the bat speed, baby. That's all you need. But he 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 was one of the faces until that went down. Yeah. So and like guys like Correa is. I mean, he's a hell of a ball player. Uh, I mean, they. I it sucks that it happened, you right. know. And we've talked about like, are they off the hook now? And I, I think you know, you, you at least have to acknowledge that they didn't need it, right? Like, they're still good enough no matter what. And I understand that they're probably going to be booed mercilessly no matter what. But, uh, you know, they're, they're earning this one. as far. I can't say they're cheating or not cheating at this point. But I don't see how they possibly could be. Everybody's on them. That microscope is pretty big. Yeah, and the fact is, I mean, even if they win at all this year, I feel like they've paid their dues, I mean, so to speak, because – They've traveled 162 games plus the playoffs to all these hostile environments. They've taken the boos. They've taken the hits. And they showed they're still uh, good as they are. So the fans got what they needed to do. And uh, I think at this point we just move on. You can't hold a grudge forever. Nah, you're right. And, and speaking of moving on, we're going to go ahead and flip over to the other side of uh, Major League Baseball. And, and this may not be as much analytical as it might be emotional for you, right? Because you are – the diehard Atlanta Braves fan, like you, you are, you're, you're, you're considered a social media expert of baseball history and your, your collars don't run. Like when you cut open it, it bleeds tomahawks. Like I, I get that. So, you know, we're, we're kind of in the same pickle of last year where you're up three, one. And I know those thoughts got to be creeping into your head, but we were talking a little bit earlier. So why don't you explain to people listening why it feels like the stars might be aligning a little bit more for the Braves this time around against the Dodgers? Yeah. And before we was also talking that they're up three, one, I got it. But like if one team could fly, <laughs> if, they, if they could if be one the team to fall, could apart. fall apart again, it would be the Braves, you know, right. uh, what are the odds of happy thoughts losing two, three, one series, Probably not very high odds, but um, last year, strike short or start strike COVID short season. Uh, the Braves are just glad to be there. I mean, the, the rotation was in shambles. They were just mix and matching. And Anderson came out of nowhere. That's kind of how everybody knows who he is now because he rose out of nowhere. Right, right. To do his thing. Um, so they they took the Dodgers a year earlier than they should have, and you know I, I feel like they were just glad to be there. Well, this year. Even though they lost to Cunha, they've actually had they struggled to be around 500 for most of the year. They had three of their four silver sluggers out for most of the year, but they battled. They battled 500, 500. They finally got over 500. AA went out and got a whole new outfield. Eddie Rosario, probably the MVP of the Braves postseason so far. Right now, yeah. Solaire, who was hitting bombs before he went out with COVID. You have Adam Duvall, the NLRBI leader. Is playing center field for him now. The Marlins didn't want him. So, I mean, it's like they've completely revamped their whole outfield, and every single Braves infielder played 
158 games this year or more. And, and we talked about the moves that the Braves have made and compared it last week to guys like the Yankees. Like, where were you at when teams like the Braves, who aren't spending the, the cheddar, you know, like that? But real quick, and then I'll, I'll let you finish your rant here. Uh, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is, and I know it's manager speak. You know, so I'm not trying to give Davey Johnson a lot of a lot of credit here, but uh, he was talking about Davey Roberts. Dave, oh, I said who did I say? Davey Johnson. Dave Johnson. Uh, Dave Roberts, yeah. uh, the manager for the Dodgers. Dave yeah. Roberts. Say that a hundred times so I don't screw that up again. But anyway, he was talking about playing the Braves before the series started, and they said, you know, everybody was making a big deal about the record because they won 106 and y'all won what 89. Yeah, I mean they were a good 20 games better than us. Right. So the the thing that Dave Roberts there you go. <laughs> was saying is that you might look at the records, but that's not what this Atlanta team is. Because when you talk about their ride going into the playoffs, they weren't that team that was significantly worse. They were putting things together. They were playing well. And you just mentioned all those different things they did to kind of put that run together. Hell yeah, man. Like, that's somebody nobody wanted to play. And we had talked about how the Brewers might have been, like, one of the toughest outs to have. And I didn't like the matchup at all. You all dismantled them. Yeah. You know, so so now your backs are up against the wall. Not really. You're you're definitely nowhere near the wall. But to you, it might feel that way because all you got to do is just win one. Yeah. And, and, and the game's in Atlanta tonight. And, no, it's in L.A. Oh, it's in L.A.? Yeah. All right. So the game's in L.A. tonight. And we know they're going to be there late and they're going to leave early. But is that going to matter? What's the outcome going to be? I mean, to, for, just talking about tonight's game, you got Max Freed, who's probably been the Braves' most dominant pitcher all year long, especially the second half. Probably the best curveball in baseball. He's squaring away against Joe Kelly, who I'm assuming is going to go two innings. I mean, because the Dodgers are really out of options at this point. They've pitched Urias four games in 11 days. I mean, this may not be accurate, but I feel like I've seen every pitcher in every game. Yeah. That's how it's felt. So they're starting pitching particularly, though. Urias, four games in 11 days. Scherzer, who's not the type of guy that would come out and say it unless it's true. Yeah. Because he, he wants that he's ball. He's a bulldog, and yeah. he came out and said openly, I, I got a dead arm, but if you name me, I'll pitch. So you can't throw that guy out there. You'd be crucified. Yeah, how's that and confidence? And then Bueller just pitched uh, last the game before last, so he's not going to come out right now. So to me, the Dodgers are on the ropes, and it's a matter really on paper. At what point does the ref just throw the t- – they could yeah. throw in the Throwing towel. Throw in the damn towel. But, I mean, <laughs> not only that, you got Freed going, then you got Ann Anderson going next if need be. Followed by Charlie Morton, who's one of the he's one of I think he's the only pitcher in Major League history to pitch for four different teams in the playoffs of an elimination game. Really? Four different teams. Ever? Yes. That's that's impressive. The Pirates, the Braves, the Astros, and the Rays. Mm, he was one of the guys on the Pirates that closed somebody up. <laughs> so the Braves rotations lined up. The Dodgers have nowhere to go. Um, on paper, even though I'm not a Braves fan, you got to like their chances. Solaire's back from COVID. I mean, it looks good. I mean, but that's why you play. Are they going to win tonight? I think they will. Uh, I do too. Yeah, And I think if they don't win tonight, I think you're still okay. Uh, just don't go to game seven. I, I think they'll win tonight because their biggest hitter of the series has been Bellinger. And with Freed being a lefty, it's going to kind of negate what Bellinger's been doing. Yeah, and Turner's probably out for the series. He's their biggest like, like clutch he performer. His hamstring while running uh, the first base last night. I, I really like the matchup tonight. Yeah, and uh, let's not ignore the fact that the Braves have just been raking against this pitching, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's like a who's who of can get hits right now, and one bad Luke Jackson inning away from a sweep already. Yeah. Yeah, that's really what it is. Uh, so, like, the Braves have been the superior team. And you know what? I, I honestly cannot stand the Dodgers. And I'm excited that they're about to be put out. Uh, we hope. So, so I, I enjoy that. So Think about that, though, with their payroll. Their payroll is $100 million more than the second highest team in baseball. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They And they're they're paying the uh, the luxury tax penalty. Absolutely. You know? uh, it's, that's I mean, it's it's nuts. They're so the new Yankees. All the uh, all the stuff that the Red Sox took heat for for dealing Mookie Betts away, and the Dodgers got Mookie Betts. And guess what? Y'all are going to finish 
at the same spot this year. <laughs> and don't Mookie's been he's been balling. Nothing against Mookie. It's just saying that that four hundred. There's, more, there's more, more to baseball than spending money on players. Because you get Kiki, who came from the Dodgers. Yeah, and he's been batting over four hundred for this. He's got the most total bases in the playoffs for any any player yeah, on either side. He, he's been raking. He's got it, like fifty total bases. This yeah, Kiki's are keeping them in the uh, series. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some like luck there and get a game seven, which I would enjoy. But uh, I think uh, it looks like uh, next time we come on the show. It'll be Houston and Atlanta. We hope. That's that's what we think. We hope. So, all right, man. You feeling good about tonight's game? We're gonna watch it, but you got a you got a couple uh, people you're gonna talk to, though, aren't you? Yeah, we got uh, Brian McRae on, former Cub, Matt, and Royal, son of Hal McRae. Yeah, and then we got Doug Mankavich coming on, beloved twin, and he caught the last out of the 2004 Red Sox. Part of that breaking the curse. Part of the curse. Um, he was part of Team USA in 2000. That uh, won the gold medal as well. So a couple of good guests. Uh, it should be fun tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, we have a uh, secondary podcast edition that drops uh, every other week. It's called Beat the Shift with Greg Rawlings. And he just told you we got Brian McRae and Doug Minkavich that's going to be on the show. And that will be available for video edition, hopefully, on social media, on all our outlets. And then you'll be able to find the podcast edition on Monday. <laughs> All right, Mr. Brown, I got to tell you, we spent the majority of the last two years on this podcast absolutely destroying and ripping on the NBA. How did you convince me to do fantasy basketball? I knew if we did fantasy, we'd be invested and we could actually have an intelligent conversation about the game. This is you having a strategy it was. and putting a plan in place. Right. And it has worked because I have already followed more NBA in October than I ever have in my life. Yeah, I mean, that, that was my whole purpose. It, um, it gives us reason to follow. So uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, the, the one thing I, I did notice that Everywhere on sports talk the past couple of days is, are the Lakers done? Already. Already. Are the Lakers done? I mean, talking like that is like someone who loses on opening day. <laughs> That's what, but have you not heard this? Uh, <laughs> I haven't been listening. Uh, it, like, come on, man. It's 82 game season. It's, you know, because they, they, they didn't play well and they lost to the Warriors and the Warriors didn't play well either. But, you know, the Lakers lost and, you know, Russ couldn't shoot. Ah, oh, because we didn't know Russ can't shoot. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to probably believe uh, if everybody stays healthy, at least a three seed, in my opinion, three or probably. four. Um, but the Warriors did win the game without Clay because he's still out. Curry, he didn't even shoot well, but he had a triple double. Um, the Warriors, I think the Warriors are a better coach team. I like Kerr as a coach. Yeah. He's great on spacing. The, the, the Lakers are kind of old, man. I mean, I'm, LeBron's going to put up his AD if he stays healthy. I never liked the Westbrook fit. Um, but other than that, they're kind of an old roster, even, Man, even the spare parts. How much better would they have been if they would have went and got somebody like Buddy Heald instead of Westbrook? Oh, it would have been a lot better. That's I mean, all they needed was a shooter. Yeah, and that's what they didn't get. And, yeah. they, and now they have a bunch of old guards and nobody that can defend. Right. Like everybody wants to make fun of Caruso because how he looks, but he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Now he's in Chicago. Yeah, so, I, you know, it's just one of those things where – it's early season. Everybody's going to make those overreactions. So let's just calm down and, and let's give it a few months and see how they gel. It's because it, it's not the same team at all from the year right, before. Right, right, right. It's, it's I, completely different. I do appreciate NBA's marketing about throwing the Lakers against the Warriors and then out east. You immediately throw the defending champ Bucks against uh, the Kyrie Irvingless Less, Brooklyn, yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. I Brooklyn. Said three times. Um, but. The, the Bucks came out and flexed and showed them we are world champs. Yeah, and, and they, they, had, they had, but they had Harden and KD, so it ain't like they're slouches, right? Uh, but I, I think, and I this is no disrespect, I, I do think that that team is significantly less competitive when they don't have all three. They're designed to have the big three, and the Bucks. Man, like you could say they kind of have their own big three or whatever. I don't really care the way that uh, team. There's no big three. The way that team is built, though. They're built to to mash people. They're built to win, and they and play defense. They, yeah, and this is the same team that knocked Brooklyn out. When remember remember the playoffs last year when when everyone was like, "Oh, Milwaukee's done," like they they were done, and then then they just took control, man. And part of that is Brooklyn couldn't stay healthy, but here you are again, same thing. What I like about the Bucks is the fact that you know you got Giannis. He he's the star, hands down MVP. 
But he sets the tone for his team by showing, one, I'm going to play every game. I'm not doing load management crap. And I'm when I'm out there on the floor, I'm playing defense. So he kind of sets that edgy tone to the whole team, and it trickulates down even to the 12th man. Yeah. So I like that. But on paper, you look at him and Middleton, and you say, like, against Harden and Durant, you think on every day Durant and Harden will win that matchup. But the Bucks, they don't play. And they oh. play good fundamental basketball. They – uh, Giannis don't care if Middleton scores 35 on a given night if he's shooting well. He don't care. He just wants to win. Man, they, they got Drew Holiday out there playing. He's a bulldog at point guard. Solid, solid player. I mean, they they just – they're built right, man. Remember how well the Warriors were built a few years ago and you were like, man, they, they – I'm talking about even before KD. Right. Everything just complimented each other. That team complements itself very well. And that's why – and then you, you do that and you have a megastar at the helm of it. No wonder they're good. I feel like the East is wide open behind the Bucs. I mean, the Bucs are the clear favorite. You got the Kyrie situation in Brooklyn. Sure. Ben Simmons situation in Philly. Uh, is, he, is he ever going to play for Philly? I don't think so. He's done, right? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, he'd, he'd be a good spot somewhere as a point guard with teams that have shooters. But, but outside of that, you're right about the East, but all these teams that we haven't named yet, they've all gotten better, man. The Knicks have gotten better. The I, like the Knicks. Better. I like the Knicks. The Bulls got better. I like the Knicks because of Tom Thibodeau. I love that defensive edginess that he gives but them. But they scored like 140 the other night. I don't know. They do, but like he he, he preaches oh, defense. I'm just saying in addition to that, like it's a, here's a team that's not – just one-dimensional is going to play that defense because they were kind of boring last year to watch sometimes. And here they are already showing that they can flex and score 140. I think the Knicks are back. And when I say that, I don't mean like finals back, but I think they're relevant back. And I think they're here to stay for a few years. Top four seed. Yeah. I think they're going to be – they could make some noise in the East. Um, I love what the Bulls have done, not just because I'm a Bulls fan, but they revamped – I said it first for you. They revamped their whole lineup. Um, so they're going to be really uh, a really good team. I think they could be a four or five seed when it's all said and done because they have legit four all stars. Yeah, they need to make that leap, man. It's it's been overdue. They they've had some revolving parts in there, and now they kind of got something moving. So we'll see what they do. And you know, that's the thing that the the West is going to be pretty predictable. The East, man, there's some volatility there. Like we don't know how all those chips are going to fall. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch, but. I think uh, Milwaukee, though, is like you said, definitely the the favorite. I mean, out west, do you what do you think out west? Uh, I mean, I honestly think you're going to probably see the same teams there, and, and I think I think the Lakers are a three or a four seed, like we said earlier. And honestly, the other ones, it, it's going to be Denver, it's going to be Utah, and it's going to be Phoenix. And I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if any of those three were the number one. And that's what I'm saying. But you know, it's going to be that group because you know Phoenix got hot. But I feel like Denver or the other ones could get hot as well. But like, it wasn't that Phoenix got hot. If you remember last year, Phoenix wire to wire was like first or second seed all year. Yeah, I know. But like, my I just I feel like any of those teams could do that this year. Correct. So I don't think you're going to have the fourth seed is going to be like 12 games back. Right. You know what I mean? They're all going to be super close. It's going to be like game it's going to be like game 162 in baseball where you had all these teams competing for uh jockeying and and getting the seeding there. So Well, one thing I thought was kind of funny, uh this ties back to the fantasy perspective for for those of you out there that don't play fantasy. LeBron is ranked 30th overall. Yep. And the number one player in fantasy basketball, believe it or not, is Jokic in Denver um, because he's a center who can put up triple doubles. Yep. He don't have turnovers. He can shoot the three when he needs to. High field goal percentage. Number one player overall in fantasy. It's kind of – Kind of funny. It is. It's not shocking if you know how he is. Uh, but but there's there's some guys in the NBA that not everybody pays attention to. And this is a guy that won an MVP last year. Yeah. And he's not a household name necessarily. No. You know, so I, I'm you know, even Giannis, it took him a minute to get there. I feel like he's like what Sabonis would have been had he came over in his prime. Yeah. Yeah. And he came over about 10 years too late. <laughs> Maybe 12 years. Yeah. I mean, and the, as far as like the passing skills, because even when Sabonis came over, dude could pass from yeah. the top of the key. But he, he could was, do it all. He was like the, the, the version of Andre the Giant that got body slammed by Hulk Hogan. That's at the point, yeah. And yeah. he was still dropping about six dimes a game. Yeah. So, I <laughs> he mean, was still menacing, but not quite it, the It's same. funny because if you'd see, if, if Jokic uh, would show up to Rucker Park and they, no one knew who he was, they'd probably get shamed off the court probably. until he started playing. 
I don't know. He is seven foot tall, though. They might think something. Uh, they probably yeah. thought he'd be slow and yeah, like, yeah. trip over his own feet. He don't look like a ball player. No. Let alone a point guard. Right. That's what he there is. Yeah. You can say point center all you want. There you go. The, the offense runs through the man's yep. hands. But All right. So, man, that was the most positive conversation we've had about the NBA in some time. Uh, I look forward to doing this more often throughout the year. But it's early and – Man, the the one thing um, I got I got to say this I told you and I don't know if you said this on air I've been watching hockey, and it's been hard to to watch uh, just because of work schedule and stuff like that. But watching the Caps, the one thing I've noticed the NBA and the NHL, man, they'll, they'll play a game and my that team won't play again for another four days. Like they space that stuff out quite a bit, and I think NBA gets a little bit more consolidated later in the season for some reason, but. It's crazy to watch a game and then you sit there and you just wait for like half a week to go by before you can watch him again. And I feel like it hasn't always been like that. Am I am I just imagining that? I feel like basketball used to be, you know, like you'd play, maybe take a night off, then you're playing again. Did you ever play back-to-back nights? Is this all stuff just with the load management they're trying to do? I feel like they've made it an emphasis in the last four or five years to not – to minimize as many back-to-backs as possible. Because the schedule used to not start this early, right? Right. It used to be like Halloween. Or like yeah, it was, about, it was Halloween. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just something where I, I've kind of poo-pooed on the NBA for a while. I haven't noticed. But uh, I'm excited that I can tell you that I know what the positions are in NHL. I know what the defensemen are, the center. I know what offsides is. I know what icing is. I've learned about the penalties and the severity of it. And after I've kind of done my own little research there, I've been able to pay attention to some of this stuff. And uh, my son's watching the Caps. He kind of likes the Kings too. But, man, I ain't staying up for no West Coast hockey. It's not happening. Sorry, Seattle Kraken. It, it ain't there. Great name, though. Best best name. Like You know what, though? Isn't the Detroit Red Wings, aren't they the ones that throw the squids yes, out on the – that's correct. Like, can you still do that now with the Kraken, or is that a hate crime if you do that because that's their team? It probably is a hate crime, especially out of Seattle. Well, don't don't let Peter know. He'll get upset. <laughs> Either way, that the uh, the thing I was going to say though, I've been watching the uh, the Capitals, and they've been off to an awesome start. And Ovechkin just moved into the top five scores all time. I don't know if you know this or not, but you talk about unbeatable like records and things like that. Ovechkin might pass Gretzky. For real? For real? Wow! Like not this year. Not next year, but like it could be in three years. He's thirty six. You know, he he could get there. I didn't realize he was that close. I Dude, thought it was one not following hockey closely. I figured like Gretzky's was stuff that would never be broken. I, I think that's the way most people have kind of felt. But Ovechkin, man, he he's moving along at a and, and like there might be hockey fans listening and say that's blasphemous, but I, I'm telling you, it's not that far off. He he'll he'll he's not going to be five all year. He's going to move into fourth, and he's going to keep climbing. So we'll see what happens, but. Uh, that's the most hockey talk we've had since Bonehammer came on and tried right. to explain to us what the President's Cup was uh, or President's Trophy. I can't remember once for golf and once for hockey. See, I'm still learning, so i got to figure out the rest of that. I'm really trying to listen to you, but I got distracted by Lauren Jihadi, okay? but Is the game started? Not yet, but it was oh, okay. just, she was interviewing, and I got distracted because okay, that, that's I, my girl. I, I don't want to take away from the baseball game, and it's about to start. And that pregame apparently is very, very important. So oh, yeah. you ready to just watch that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Holy crap, look who decided to join us. It's the one and only Canadian Biggie, so it must be time for the NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week. Biggie, what week are we in? We're on week seven. Week seven. Lucky number seven. How are you feeling now that Mr. Brown has taken a firm control of what you have dominated since its inception here? I feel alive for the first time in a long time. It's actually fun now. <laughs> You've been challenged. Yeah. Everyone needs a good challenge. Well, if, that, if that's the case, then let's go ahead and hit the music. And let's kick things off with the Thursday night game. We got a barn burner. We got the Cleveland Browns hosting the Denver Broncos and the Browns, like their whole team, their injury report is ridiculous. And uh, you guys both took the Broncos, so we're going to say that since the game's already started. Biggie, I took the Browns, man. How did you go, Brown? Do you know that the Browns have three guys on offense 
coming into this game that were actually healthy. They're two guards and I, tight end. I understand. I'm going to give you my, my thought process. Okay. So how are, how are Cleveland fans and the media in general feeling about Baker Mayfield as a long-term quarterback? Uh, they take him if he comes cheap, but they prefer to trade for something or yeah, do something like else. They're not in love with him, right? Even yep. though this guy has done everything for your team, he has laid his life on the line. He's playing with a bum shoulder, except for he's not playing tonight. But he's probably not going to get shoulder surgery either, and he's going to suck it up and try to still play this year. That being said, Case Keenum is the backup quarterback, and if there is ever a situation where somebody could come in and play somewhat well and you would be like, see, we don't need Baker, it would just fan the flames, man, and that's what I think is going to happen. So that that's why I took the Browns. So I'll give you my lone wolf, my oh, 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 and the dog pound. All right, let's keep it moving. We got the Washington football team on the road to Lambeau. Green Bay, a a paltry seven-and-a-half point home favorite. I got to roll with Packers at home. I've been trying to hold on to the Washington football team all year long, waiting for that defense to show up one week. They just haven't done it. And if you take out that opening day, whatever that was against the Saints, Packers are rolling everybody since then. Even though you were tardy, Biggie, if you didn't show up at all tonight, I wouldn't have been mad at you because I probably wouldn't show up if I were you either with this well-oiled machine you're looking at right now. But You can't call him that on the air. What? Would you call him? Call me that. Oh, tardy. Tardy. Sorry, my bad. What do you think I said? Never mind. Keep going. Sir. You, you want to edit that out? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's got to talk through all that beard oil he's got there. I am also piggybacking off of his great tardiness. I'm going to take the Packers. I can't say I'm going to mix it up much. I'm also taking the Packers. I, and I hate the I hate the spread at seven and a half. Like, I really want to take Washington. But I just feel like the Packers are going to win by, like, nine to 12 in that ballpark at home. So, we'll see what happens. But I feel like, I feel like I'm going to regret this one right away. But we're across the board here. All right. No one loves the Patriots as much as Biggie does right now. He's still loyal. And they're hosting the lowly J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Six and a half for the Patriots? Give me that six and a half all day long. It's been a, going to be the best game of the season for Mac Jones. They're finally going to unleash him a little bit. They beat the Jets 25-6 to the first time they played this year, and that was when they were playing even worse than they're playing now. It has to be his best game. You're starting him in fantasy, correct? Yeah, baby. <laughs> And uh, speaking of first, I think this is the first time I've taken the Patriots to cover all year. I'm also going Patriots. Mac attack. Uh, it's also the first time I've taken them, and the only reason why I'm taking them is because the Jets lost to the Falcons last week by seven. I, I think the Patriots are probably one point better than the Falcons, so we'll uh, we'll say they'll win by eight. Well, one other weird thing about this, in years past, if you played the London game, you always had a bye the next week. The Jets yeah, were in London now. last week. They're playing. It's because they got the shortest trip. You know, they get a direct flight from New York to London. So. Oh, that's because their owners really matter the where ambassador. the Jets are playing. I mean, come on. True. All right, so let's see if we can break up the monotony here. Cincinnati, who is uh, a field goal in overtime away from being 5-1, and one, if you can believe that. They're on the road to Baltimore. And Baltimore, six and a half points. So this is one of the harder games of the week for me to pick because I love what the Bengals have looked like so far this year, but they're going on the road to a Baltimore team that beat them a combined 65-6 to in two games last year, and they're coming off a thumping of one of the teams I think is the best offensive units in the NFL and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So I am actually going to root for the Bengals in this game to win, but until they can come close, I can't pick them to beat Baltimore. I can't even pick them to cover. I think that the Ravens win. I feel like the Bengals keep it close. This is The Bengals need this game more than the Ravens do, and they've got to keep it close, if, you know what I mean, to, to make sure that they are legit. There's a damn cat that just walked by. I feel like I should pick the Bengals. Are you picking the Bengals? I did. That's why. I've seen that. I oh, my mine. God. That, now now oh, I'm Bobcat. Something. All right. Now, Lamar Jackson has never lost to the Bengals. I, until it happens, man, I, I don't have the confidence to pick Cincinnati. Like, Cincinnati's playing well. They're, they're a good team. I think it'll be a, a, a decent game, but you can have a decent game and still lose by seven. And I just, I just can't, man. Not on the road. If it was at home, if it was in Cincinnati, I'd feel a little different about it. But 
Baltimore, man, they're I know sometimes they went ugly, but like you said, they put the hammer on the Chargers last week, and I, I feel like they can do the same this week. So, I, unfortunately, I'm picking against my team with logic and not emotion. Lone Wolf for you, Mr. Brown. This shows you how confident I am on this Lone Wolf. All right, how about Kansas City? This is a crazy spread. Kansas City on the road to Tennessee. Tennessee just had a huge win, but they're a five-point underdog at home. Tennessee's at home, coming off a huge win. Yeah. They got Derrick Henry still? They they do. Ryan Tannehill's still quarterback. Yeah, it's the same roster. I'm just curious. I didn't know if they were just putting Derrick Henry back in the Wildcat and having him do everything. Why not? Uh, They'd be better off. Tennessee needed that win on Monday night. I don't know why Buffalo went for the win, but it worked out for Tennessee. And there's one thing I've learned so far through this year. We've talked about how much work Derrick Henry gets game in and game out year after year. Until somebody can stop him, I can't go against him, especially against that freaking defense. I've taken the Titans to cover. I'm also going Tennessee. The Chiefs can't stop anybody. I don't feel like they could roll in here to OO White Stadium in Poco, West Virginia and stop our dynamic offense. So I'm going to go Tennessee as well. This is the only game I hadn't already pre-selected because I wasn't sure. And I was leaning toward Tennessee. And I don't think they'll win. But, you know, five points for Kansas City. Like, it's going to be a shootout, but it's going to be an ugly shootout. So I think – you know, it's not. It's going to be about like last week that we saw with the Bills. It's going to be like that, only Kansas City's defense is a lot worse. So Tennessee might just end up winning this one by like 10 points by the time it's all said and done. The biggest story coming out of this game will be what did uh, Jackson Mahomes do dumb this time. I wanted to use another word, but we're not. <laughs> we would add to add it. Uh, is there a, is there a uh, game prop on that? Uh, I bet you can find one in Vegas. Probably. All right, so we're work across. I mean, the, the guy did a TikTok on Sean Taylor's number painted oh, on the I know. field. I, yeah, didn't realize what he was doing. You know, let's disrespect the dead. Worse than we disrespect the dead by not knowing who's actually dead and who's alive. So, good for you, uh, Mahomes. But all right, how about the uh, Carolina Panthers on the road to the G-Men? The Panthers are a two and a half point road favorite. Hammer the Panthers all day long. I don't know what the hell the G-Men have going on. I know I've taken them to cover a couple times this year. It's worked out once, and it's blown up in my face a couple other times, but they're just not very competitive right now. I love Matt Rule. They're in a three-game skid without McCaffrey, but they'll come into this game. They'll win by three points. Is Barkley playing this week? He's questionable. He's questionable. Is he playing? He has not practiced yet. (laughs) He's not playing. Uh, I'm going Carolina. I feel like some of these are pretty easy. I'm also going Carolina, and I, I can't elaborate any more than what you already said, Biggie. And and honestly, Carolina like started really well. Then they start playing good teams, and they've kind of dropped a little bit. So now that they're playing a not good team, I expect them to win. So there you go. I like your logic. All right, here is one of the toughest games, I think. The Atlanta Falcons on the road to Miami. The Falcons are a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. So I'm going to hit the Falcons on this one. They're coming off a couple better, playing better offensively lately. They started to get Kyle Pitts involved. Matt Ryan has played well over the last four games. Actually hasn't played horrible all season long. Miami is one and five. Their one win was 17-16 over a not very good New England team. I don't know what's going on. Over what? A uh, subpar New England team. Okay. When their young coach comes out and says, we're disorganized, they're they're falling apart from the inside out. I just, I don't, a lot of people had high expectations for Miami. I thought they were like a quarterback away from when we all talked about that, competing for the playoffs. And now they got one more win in the Texans. They're, they're like the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have all those draft picks and everything. They just don't know what to do with anything so far. So you're not wrong. Not like the Falcons. You got first-year head coach. You started a little slow. You're fighting. They're a team that might only win six or seven, but they're building towards something where I think Miami is building away from something. I'm also going to go Falcons. Um, they got they actually decided to utilize their number one pick last game, and they're coming off of a bye. So I feel like the Falcons are gonna they're gonna win this one. I, I'm also riding the uh, foul. I can't I can't add anything. Miami sucks. It is what it is. So we'll just move on to the next game. And the next one on the docket is ah uh, we got a revenge game. 
but revenge for who? The Detroit Lions on the road to the Los Angeles Rams. And the spread is a big one at 15 and a half for the Rams. So this is one of those games I would typically never take a team to cover 15 and a half, but I've seen it happen numerous times this year where I've went against it and that team hammered like the Bills, for example, were a 17-point favorite, did it. Having watched the Lions play last week against the Bengals, looking as badly as they did, Matthew Stafford saw his defense kill him game in and game out for how many years? Now he gets to play him in real life. A little bit of a revenge game for him, too, in a way. Uh, I think that L.A. wins, covers, I think it's like 38-14. to 14. I'm also picking the Rams. I feel like Stafford is going to make everybody realize that Detroit is clearly a cesspool everyone knows it is. Yep. So uh, I remember when I thought that Tom Brady and the Bucks were going to absolutely destroy the Patriots and it didn't happen because sometimes you just put too much damn pressure on yourself, and that's what Matt Stafford's going to do, and he's going to lead them to a nice victory, a 31-17 to victory, but that's not going to cover. So I'm taking Detroit just because that spread's too damn big. All right, now Mr. Brown will go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you're not oh, going to lo- – Oh, oh. Lone Lion, what are forgot. you, Simba? Come on. Uh, what's, what's the – wait a minute. What's that guy that used to be in a Hanna-Barbera cartoon? Heavens the Murgatroyd or something like that. You remember that guy? What was that guy? Exit stage left. or what? I can't remember. Snaggletooth, wasn't that his name? Or Snagglepuss? I can't remember. I'll just give you a meow because that's about like the Bengals. <laughs> it's like everything the light touches is our kingdom. What's that dark spot over there, Dad? Oh, it's that's in Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever go there, son. <laughs> God, that's so true, too. We're not even making jokes now. We're just telling people what to avoid in life. Mr. Brown, your Raiders at home. They they surprised me last week. They're a three-point favorite against Fly Eagles Fly. I'm going uh, Vegas all day. Um, they came out fired up after the uh, coaching change. Uh, our new coach, man, he, he looks like everything the Raiders should be. So I like the way they came out and played. Greg Olson's calling the plays now instead of Gruden. They actually committed more to the run last week, and that's what they need to do. Yeah, had they not come yet, come out and looked the way they did last week where they were up two scores most of that game, I would easily take the Eagles here because what do the Eagles do every week? They cover. But with it being such a small spread, uh, the Raiders are a good, talented team. If they can continue to play like their tail's on fire, it'll be all right. I mean, I, I, so you're taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders. I'm also taking the Raiders. Do the Eagles really cover most weeks? I feel like it's like each. They've covered five out of six. The only week really? they didn't cover was against Kansas City. That was when they, yeah. They got the backdoor cover on Thursday night. They were down 28-7, yeah, right. and they got the two-point yeah, conversion. they're hanging around yeah. there. You and your damn math. Uh, I, I makes me regret my pick a little bit, but I'm also riding the Raiders. All right, how about another nice big spread here? Tampa Bay 12, favorite at home against the Bears. The Bears. I'm taking the Bucks to cover here until Justin Fields can show a little bit more consistency on offense. They, it's not just that they don't you know, move the ball down the field and he turns it over. They're scoring 13, 14 points. One game they had 24 against Detroit. They got the ball inside of the Lions red zone twice off of turnovers. I think that they could be something later in the season, but I feel pretty good about the Bucks coming off of a 10-day break prepping for this game to win by two scores. This is the biggest age discrepancy for quarterbacks uh, opponents in history. Years, right? 44 years. versus 22. Holy crap. Yeah, so uh, the old Lion's still going to show he's got it. The, the Bucks are going to roll. They're going to cover I can't add anything. Uh, the, the Bears are terrible. It is what it is. Until they start showing some promise, it's an easy cover. 12, 12 is a nice number. Uh, how about the Cardinals? Is this the week the Cardinals get their first loss? No. Because <laughs> they're playing the Houston Texans, where they are a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. Another one that's incredibly hard to pick because the spread is so large, but I'll say this. Last week, Arizona went into Cleveland, 
without their head coach and three or four of their offensive assistants, and they dominated that game from start to finish. They were up 14 to 17 most of it. I've watched the Houston Texans really look good against one team all year. That's New England Patriots. They still managed to blow it. They've gotten shut out twice. They got the dog crap kicked out of them by Buffalo. Arizona's going to do the same thing. They'll cover. See, I'm actually going Texans on this one because that's huge spread, and Arizona will win, but they're a team that's not used to being in the spotlight. Everyone's looking at them right now in the whole nation. Probably the consensus number one overall most power rankings. That's not pressure they're used to having. So I feel like they win, but it's probably going to be about like 17 so almost a push, but not quite. So, and that, that very well could be the case. This is one of the harder games to pick, but I'm with Biggie on this one because I think they will just absolutely destroy the hapless Texans because they still got Mr. Neck at quarterback, don't they? Davis, yeah, Mills, not, no, the third. No Tyrod Taylor coming back. I mean, it is what it is. And, well, and then they just cut one of the best defensive players after the loss yeah. last week. And, and for some reason, I can see uh, DeAndre just really trying to stick it to him. It's different mm-hmm. for a receiver getting revenge than the quarterback. So, for all the opposite reasons, I think. Well, you got J.J. Watt trolling the opposite yeah. sideline now, it's too. It's a lot of former guys. And here's the thing, too. Uh, you, you were talking about how the spotlight's on him. You're right. And I think that will make an, an impact. But the spotlight's not going to be on him against Houston because nobody's watching the Texans play football <laughs> this year. So, you're the lone wolf. What sound does a Texan make? In the, uh, do you know uh, the stars over Texas? Can we sing that? No, I'm not singing that. How about uh, the long little doggy? <laughs> that works. Giddy the up. little doggy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, the Indianapolis Colts on the road to San Francisco. I think this is a tough spread at four and a half. San Francisco favorite at home. 49ers coming off a bye, so... Who's playing quarterback? Jimmy Garoppolo? Are they sticking with Trey Lance? Uh, I don't think that it really matters. The Colts, if you take away their collapse in the fourth quarter against Baltimore, they'd be on a three-game win streak. They've turned the corner a little bit offensively. Carson Wentz is actually playing some really good football. He's got like a 9-2 touchdown-to-interception ratio. Not only do the Colts cover, but they'll win. I don't know why the Niners are four-and-a-half-point favorite. Put your money on that one. I, I, I'm going to piggyback. I think the Colts win this game. I mean, I don't think it's going to be close. Just like before you make your pick, why are the Niners a four-and-a-half-point favorite? Uh, I mean, three gives them the home. Gotcha, so one-and-a-half. I mean, I don't know why. I guess they think their defense is that good, but the Colts – here's the thing. The Colts, even if they don't win, they're in every game, man. It seems like they're always just barely losing. Uh, they're not always covering, but if they get beat bad, it's about like seven, you know. So I, I, I see them covering the spread, but I also think they'll probably win outright. So that was a nice uh, uniform there. We're all on the same page. Last but not, that's the Sunday night game. Oh yeah. How in the hell is that the Sunday night game? I don't know. They figured the World Series would be started by now. Oh, I guess. <laughs> uh, Nobody's watching this game anyway. Hey, little known fact, I think the viewership for the uh, uh, last uh, Braves-Dodgers game was like $7.5 million, and the uh, NBA game with the Warriors and uh, Lakers was like $4.5 million. So Playoff baseball, baby. But it should be beating the damn NBA a lot more than that. I'm just saying. But either way. All right, the last game, Monday night, Nolens on the road to Seattle, the Geno Smith Seattle, and uh, the Seahawks are a four-and-a-half-point underdog at home. If this game were in New Orleans, I could never roll Where? with the Seahawks. New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, Saints are coming off a of bye week, so they should be prepped. Seahawks fought well last week. Even after being down early, Geno actually played pretty well. They have a bunch of issues defensively, but that's fine because Jameis Winston will throw them a couple. And what's the thing we put out this week? You know, what are the best traditions? 12th man in Seattle. That home crowd's going to have them going Monday night game. I don't think they'll win the game, but they'll keep it close. I'm going Nolans. Crab legs for everybody. I'm also thinking Nolans because, like you said, they've come off the bye. they got time to prepare. And as much as a, as I am a Mountaineer fan and I want to see Geno do well, 
This is not in the cards, man. All the positive we see that he brings, it's always something stupid like a T.J. Watt amazing play to beat four guys and make a fumble. And everybody says it's just Geno being Geno. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not allowed to have nice things. That includes having a Mountaineer quarterback in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I don't deserve it. So, it's going to be the Saints covering that spread. So, Lone Wolf, buddy. Caca! <laughs> I guess. What the hell is a Seahawk? It is a meaty tuna-like bird tuna-like that's yeah. what it tastes like apparently yeah. mm. yum i don't know <laughs> all right that was our week seven nfl stone cold left by blocks of the week and currently mr brown has got a stranglehold like ted nugent on uh first place so good job mr brown see if you can hold the line there we didn't deviate too Hoorah. much we're all pretty much on board except for a few lone wolves there so uh that's all we got uh, for NFL picks, and uh, I think we'll turn the music off now. All right, gentlemen, that wraps up another show this week, and you know what? We're going to – I, I got to give props to Mr. Brown. He's done most of the show while the Braves and Dodgers have been playing on in the background, and they're up to nothing right now, so I appreciate you holding it together, bud. I'm just glad Freddie's home run happened when we were on a downtime. Yeah, we were in a break, and uh, he did not break any equipment with celebratory uh, shenanigans, so good job there. And then, uh, Biggie, we're glad you got to make it, and I understand, uh, you know, you got you got to be the dad. You're there watching football, and man, your son's team, they're, they're, they need some inspiration, man. They're not doing too hot, are they? They need like a uh, Ric Flair – motivational speech kurt angle i don't know if you want rick flair talking to middle school kids about like how to how to be oh come on now <laughs> come on now <laughs> have they ran an annexation of puerto rico yet they don't know where puerto rico is yeah, that's the problem I yeah that's 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 unfortunate it, it is intimidation he has fun playing and a smile on his face, so that's good and really all that matters, or at least that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, <laughs> all that that's matters. what we tell ourselves. Uh, it is what it is. But, you know, you sports, buddy. It is what it is. It's uh, it's not always easy. Lightning struck, so I was able to come down here. Yeah. That, hey, we're, we're glad you were able to make it. But, uh, you know, we're uh, looking forward to the World Series, man. Is it done? Is it going to be the Braves and the, uh, the Astros? We didn't get a chance to ask you that because you weren't here. I believe so, although I think that uh, Astros-Red Sox ends up going to a seventh game. You think so? I think, I think the Red Sox win tomorrow. Hmm. Well, we'll see what happens, man. But this one's over tonight. Braves are going to walk them off in L.A. Yeah. Uh, last thing I got for you, man, just because uh, I, I, I just had to bring it up on the show. I called something last week, man, and you're a big college football fan. Do you know what I called that came to fruition? Oh, what was it? Uh, I said somebody's ass is about to get fired soon. And his ass got fired soon. Yep. And everybody's like, I can't believe they fired Oedotron down in LSU. And that was after he won a game against Florida. You uh, know why I think they did it right there? Because they didn't want him to like build momentum into being the coach again next yep. year. They wanted to come out right away. Hey, he's not ahead. coming back. <laughs> we weren't expecting this uh, series of events to happen, so let's go ahead and put it to bed. Yep. But uh, I'm not happy that Ed Ogeron's gone, but I'm just simply stating that uh, – you know, I saw the writing on the wall, and it happened. So he got a seventeen million dollar buyout, and when they asked him if he's a coach next year, he was just matter of fact, nope, nope. That's it. That's all right. He'll he'll be he'll be an assistant somewhere again. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you spending time with us in your ears. We'll be back next week. Have a good weekend. See you next time. Bye.